It doesn't take a hero to order men into battle. It takes a hero to be one of those men who goes into battle. General Norman Schwarzkopf. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah. I'm your host. For those of you that are new, this is a podcast to teach you how to be the leader in life at your work or in your sport or in your profession or even your family. We talk about two things. We talk about leadership and we talk about performance. But overall, this podcast is for people who want to win. Overall, this podcast will help you become a top performer in your field. It'll help you establish a foundation in leadership and help you evolve from a poor leader to a good one or a good leader to a great one. If, if you find value in today's episode, all I ask is that you share it with a friend. So if you laugh, if you learn, or if you're simply just entertained, please share it with a friend. That's how we expand our reach and get to more listeners. Um, but today's topic you guys, we have another great episode today planned, another one that's going to really help you out. Um, it's on a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's on stress management. This fucking chair, man. You're going to have a field day with this editing. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to edit it. I think I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> let it go? Yeah. All right. Guys, this is how it really looks. Okay. <laughs> Today's topic, today's topic is a really important one. Um, it's another one that's going to help you improve the quality of your life, help you improve as a leader, increase your performance. Um, today's topic is on stress management, but not just how to manage stress, but you know, techniques to overcome it, techniques so that when you have a bad day, you can push through, okay? And you can push through and lead your team like they deserve. So that's my promise today. The promise is to make your next shitty day better. So Listen up, stay tuned, get ready to take notes. Um, as always, I'm joined by my trusted sidekick, Justin Phillips. What's up, man? <laughs> I really wish we were doing this on video so people could see what you look like when your chair keeps falling right now. Because I, I know we do this like every week where I'm where you're like, oh, cut something out. And I'm like, I don't know, I might just leave it in there. But this might be the first time that I'm serious. because Now I'm going to keep talking about it. But it's yeah. really funny. You guys should we see do, Jeremiah really like looking good. up at his microphone. <laughs> we do a really good job of not cutting stuff out. Um, but yeah, like when I guys, I when I was trying to record this intro just now, my <laughs> my chair, the air came out of the little thing and it 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 flattened. So it's you'll all hear the way it. up. You guys will all hear it. You'll you'll have heard it by now. Uh, yeah, it was all the, the chair was all the way up, and then as I'm doing the intro, it just <laughs> it just like collapsed on me, and so the mic was like over my head as I was trying to do the intro. Um, all right. So anyways, Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've had a little bit of a slower week. It is raining like an MF or outside at my house right now. So I don't know if people can hear that. They might, if you start hearing like thunder in the middle of the podcast, that's what that is. But, um, I'm doing the same as I'm normally doing, just trying to figure out how I'm going to put this whole podcast together. And school, how's school going for you? They're moving into a virtual world. I mean, they are. It's almost over now. Like first week of May is the last week of school. So it's just kind of getting to the point where it's like, OK, here's all these projects I haven't been doing since coronavirus started. Maybe I should get started on that. And yeah, that kind of thing. So well, cool, man. Um, not really. I'm very good with my 
my projects. I've actually been using Trello to track my schoolwork, interestingly enough, due to all of the Trello stuff I've been doing lately. So good, any good. Students your skills. This, yeah. You're honing your knife. That's what we call it. That's the core value in Conquer Academy. Hone your knife, which means to sharpen both sides of it. You're gaining more skills, becoming a, a more lethal, um, well, whatever you turn into. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, on my end, we've, I've had a pretty great week. You know, yesterday did a 20 mile run for suffering Saturday. That was a fun one. And then, uh, today, <clears throat> you know, did a, a Sunday shakeout, ran uh, nine miles and it was really cool because, uh, you know, the run started off really shitty, right? The first mile is always shitty. People think that runners just like running. Well, I don't even know if you'd consider me a runner, but I did run nine miles this morning at 20 yesterday, whatever you want to count that as, right? But the run starts off, you know, really shitty. And the next thing you know, it basically turns all, all the way around and it was just a recovery run, but I end up running like one of my fastest paces in the last like two months on this run. And um, it was, it was effortless. And so a really shitty run turned into a good one and almost, and I would even call it a great one. And uh, it made me really think, you know, a lot, life is a lot like running, right? Like you're handed a deck of cards, right? You, every single morning and you got to play the hand that you're given. Um, mm -hmm. And some days you're, you're given a, 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 a poor day and you got to turn it into a good one, just like a run. You got to turn a poor run into a good one. Um, and other days you're given a great run or a great day. And the trick there is to turn it into an unbelievable one. So anyways, I had a great weekend. I'm feeling good. And uh, the winner's circle too is kicking off as well. Oh yeah, how did that go this week? Uh, it was awesome. I had uh, Gilbert Smith, who's a f uh, former professional fighter, was in the UFC briefly, um, RFA world champion. Podcast. What's that? Has been on this podcast before. Yep, has been on this podcast. Yep, he's a phenomenal athlete. He took our, my group um, through a workout, and it was awesome, man. We had uh, we had you know thirty people register, twenty something show up, all virtual on on Zoom. And it was cool. Some people uh, came in and couldn't stay for the whole workout, left, got the word of the day about leadership and performance, and then some stayed for the whole thing, but it was a really good time. And are, is that still coming through your email list at this point? Is that the way for people to get involved in that at this point? Oh, yeah, because because we've had um, more and more people join every time. I am going to do it pretty consistent. I'm going to do it for the next four weeks minimum. Um, if people want to join us for a leadership discussion, and work out every Friday for the next four weeks. Yeah, go to my um, link in my Instagram bio, subscribe to my email list, and then you'll get the emails and you'll be invited. Cool beans. Go back to this run because I kind of already lost track of what you were talking about with that now, though, but I feel like that's how we're actually going to get into the topic. So so you're talking about you're talking about running earlier being similar to just life. You said, you said runs are like days. Sometimes you have a good one. Sometimes you have a great one. Sometimes you have a bad one, but you want to try to get the most out of whatever you're given. So what, if we're talking about being given a bad day, what does that actually mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean that you could, some of the, some of the day that we're handed is out of our control, right? Like some days you wake up and you get bad news, mm -hmm. right? Maybe a family member's sick or somebody in your family dies or your dog, you have to take your, you know, one of my clients had to take his dog to the vet and put him down. You know, those are bad days, man. Yeah. Um, and so what I mean is that some days you're given a, um, 
you know, a situation that's outside of your control. And it can be challenging. The day can be challenging. Runs are the same way. You know, you might start off on a run and your hip flexors are tight. Your hamstrings are tight. You have these, these pains in your ankles, right? You just don't want to do it. And that feels like it's going to be a poor or a bad run. But the whole goal is to, to gut it out, to get through it and try to try to elevate it, turn that run into a good run, right? Try to find that rhythm where you're appreciative and you're living in gratitude and you're, you're thankful that you were able to run, even though it started out bad and to finish the run with a positive, grateful mindset. And, and days are the same way. Like, you know, when you get handed a day where somebody in your family is sick or something bad happens, you don't want to finish that day feeling, feeling bad. You want to finish the day feeling grateful for the things that you do have. Right. So how do you, how do you do that? Like what, what may, what, what stops people from just doing that by default, by trying to be grateful about whatever's going on when they do have a bad day? Um, well, I think of Bruce Lee's quote, like move, uh, be like water, right? Like being, being able to adapt. Um, I, for an instant there though, I, I, I don't know if this can tie into your question, but I was thinking about, you know, a bad day that I had about a year ago. Yeah. Right. When I was getting shot at. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that might constitute a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for of course, the guy how many who, days in your life have you been shot at before? I mean, it's not all the time, right? Like, yeah. but um, <laughs> for, for people that don't know about, you know, you know, there, 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 there's, so last, last year, people that are new to me, right. And kind of what we're building here and, and my history and who I am and stuff. And, Last year, I was at an event in Missouri, and I was I was shot at by a drive-by shooter. Um, and I, like, I like, like straight up. I know some people, including myself, the first time they hear that story, they're like, "What does he mean by that?" Like, literally shot at, like with a gun out of a car. And in this case, that is exactly what you mean, because I know yeah. someone's like scratching their head, like still in a little disbelief right now, thinking you're like <laughs> wording that weird to catch their attention or something like. He's being very literal. <laughs> yeah, I'm just very nonchalant about it because it's, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal to me, but it can't. I understand that it is to a lot of people. Um, and it, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, like, my so my marketing team right now is pushing ads for. Um, we're scaling my company, Conquer Academy. We're scaling the coaching company, and um, one of the ads that they ran was about that event. You know, it's a cool. It's an interesting story about you know being resilient. Okay, I was I was got I got shot at at like four in the morning. I was on a 17 mile run in Missouri. It was unexpected. Um, I did my diligence with the police and I filled out the report, but then I went about my day and went to the event that I was at. I put in a full day of work and didn't let that shit phase me. Right. Where some people would have shut down and been like, well, I can't go to this event anymore. I got shot at, I need to go feel sorry for myself for the rest of the day. Right. Um, so, so they what, built it. What do you so, think and anybody else would have done in that situation? The quote unquote normal person, if they had been, I mean, if they were a normal person, they probably wouldn't have been running the streets of St. Louis at four o'clock in the morning. But if they were and, you know, they get shot at, like, what does an actual average human being do for the rest of the day? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, I, I'm, all I know is that people don't believe like not not a lot of people are not a lot. OK, 
when I, so I, like I said, my marketing team put an ad behind that story to kind of, it catches people's attention and share, shows them like, Hey, how to be resilient. Right. Which is a lot what I do in my company in Congress yeah. Academy. I teach people how to build mental toughness and how to be more resilient. Um, and there were some people that they were skeptical and they were like, Oh, this guy's lying. This guy's full of shit. And in the comments. Right. But most people were showing support, but there's still those couple of individuals. And, um, you know, I understand it's really interesting to see people react like that because why would I lie about something like that? <laughs> like, I, have, I don't know why a person would create, like, I, I can only imagine that the person who said that that's a lie just const is a liar. Like, that's why they see things like that. Like, they Dude. are just a person that lies all the time, right? Yeah. And not to be like the like, oh, and listen to what Gary Vee says about this, but that how how he talks about people like you've got to be in such a bad place in your own life to be commenting on facebook <laughs> ads yeah, and calling the people running the ads liars like what the <laughs> fuck is that person doing with their life i'm running facebook ads right now too and i had someone jumping down my throat and mine isn't about getting shot at in st louis or anything mine's like hey you want to start a podcast and this guy was just like fuck you and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> i know what kind of person does that shit I, t I was telling people on Facebook too. I was like, "Hey, man, if you want to build resilience, if you want to become, um, you know, like become tougher against criticism, I'm like, run a run a Facebook ad with your face on it, and don't even say anything crazy. Just run an ad." Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're gonna get into today's topic about stress management, and um, we're gonna talk about kind of how to how to deal with that and evolve your day and, and whatnot. But yeah, so that's a true story. I was shot at Missouri, and I'll. I can tell the story. If yeah, I mean, walk, walk us through that day a little bit more because I think that'll do the best job of painting the picture of like how to actually take a very adrenaline-inducing situation like that, a very stressful situation. Like what happens like immediately afterwards, you know, or even after you notice you're getting shot at? What's the first thing you do? How do you react? Okay, um, so how do I react when I'm getting shot at? All right, let me, so let me, build, let me build into that. And... So I was in, I was in Missouri at an event, um, and I had, I'd gotten there Friday night, got set in, got my room, um, went to bed and my workout for the next day was a 17 mile run. So I had to knock out my run, get breakfast in prep for the event and be ready to go by eight o'clock. So the only time for me to run, get that run in was at four in the morning. Um, uh, I couldn't do it in the evening because I had a, I had activities planned for the evening, right? Dinners and whatnot, networking, so on and so forth. So I get up, I go for a run and you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm active on Instagram on this time and I'm showing my stories and I'm showing off kind of like what I'm doing that morning and stuff. And then, um, so it's kind of interesting cause I have the video saved where it shows the buildup and I'm like, Hey, four in the morning, got to get it in. Right. And I go on my run, I run by the St. Louis arch. I'm like, Hey, check this thing out. And then Literally 10 minutes later, next my next story. video, yeah, my next story is, dude, I was just shot at. Mm -hmm. um, and so what ends up happening is I was running south along the, uh, the river there by the St. Louis Arch. There was an overpass and it was really dark underneath. And I said, okay, well, um, I probably shouldn't go down there. That looks sketchy, right? I don't know this I went area down very well. <laughs> What's that? And then I went down there. <laughs> Well, I got, I got close and I started to turn. I said, okay, I'm not going to go down there. I'm going to, I'm going to turn around as, as, as I started turning around over my right shoulder, uh, there was a vehicle coming, which was probably, I don't know, 75 meters, 
maybe a hundred meters max away from my current location, um, driving southbound and between us was the other lane of the road. Okay. And so both of these lanes or both of these directions of traffic were two lanes. So that, that vehicle had two lanes driving South and then there was two lanes driving North. Okay. So that, that gives you kind of an idea of the distance mm-hmm. between us. And so he starts shooting, but I'm next to the river. And so I hear the shots and remember I said, I turned around as I'm turning around, I'm like going, turning, you know, counterclockwise. I hear these shots and I think the shooter's coming from the overpass because the sound is echoing off of the river. Okay. It's carrying over. It's, it's carrying down to the, um, to the South there, to the Southeast. Um, and I've been, like I said, been shot at before. And so what happens when you get shot at is there's cracks in the whizzes, right? So cracks, if you hear cracks, when you're being shot at, that means bullets are generally pretty close. But if you hear whizzes, that means that they're really close to your ear. That's the sound of the bullet getting really close to your, mm-hmm. to your body. Right. And, um, the distance of those, that's so those sounds kind of varies, but, um, I heard a lot, a shit ton of cracks and a handful of whizzes and the guy shot, um, four to five bursts at me of, you know, almost five rounds. Um, and then the vehicle drove off to the West. Okay. So it was, it was coming from the North to the South. He was firing at me. I'm hearing these cracks and whizzes. I'm looking at the overpass because I think that's where the bullets are coming from. As, as I figure it out, figure out that that's not where they're coming from. Okay. I'm looking at top of the overpass for like a sniper, or like a shooter of some type. Right. I realize that I'm hearing the echo. And so then I, I look North and I catch the vehicle driving Southbound and then cut off into an alley. And I, it's kind of interesting because I'm wearing all black with white sneakers, white, <laughs> black gloves and a black beanie why this mm-hmm. is going on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so after that, ha- after the car drives off, I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here. When the guy is shot at me, what I did was I, I turned, I looked for, I was trying to find the, the shooter and I got behind some cover. I found the biggest tree I could get behind and I kind of crouched down and started looking for the, the, the threat. Right. Um, so my goal was, Hey, figure out where it's coming from and then figure out how to maneuver. Well, after the vehicle drove off and I pieced it all together, I was like, oh, that was the drive-by shooter right there. Um, I got up and I said, okay, I need to get out of here in case he does another turn and comes back around. So I, I hugged the, the, the river and I put some cover to my left side. Now I'm going north. And as I'm doing that, I saw another individual who happened to be a security guard for the St. Louis Arch. He was coming off of shift who had been exposed to the same thing. Okay. I had reacted very, very quickly, got behind cover and tried to get out of there. This guy was like oblivious, right? He was in denial. He was clueless. He was like, you could see him. He was confused. And so I went and I kind of started picking up a trot going to the north. And I, I caught my eye with him. And I said, you know what? Let me go link up with this guy and then we'll file a police report. So I started to circle around. And, um, so I hang a left and now I'm facing again towards the South and I'm walking up and the area I'm walking through is like this little park next to the arch where there's a ton of trees. And again, I'm wearing all black and sneakers and the security guards getting off shift. And so I startle him. He at the same, when he sees me, he starts piecing it all together that he was being shot at. Right. And then I'm sure he thought that I was the shooter. So he starts taking off his backpack and starts messing with it. And I'm kind of jogging towards him at this point. And so I said, okay, let me just like relax my posture, show this guy that I'm not a threat. <laughs> I relax. I kind of put my hands out 
and I kind of just try to act friendly. He calms down, leaves his backpack on, um, on one shoulder, but kind of is like this, like, like, you know, I'm nervous, but I'm gonna figure yeah. out what's going on with this guy. And then I go, I approach him. I, I, I start engaging in conversation with him and he opens up to me. He's like, Hey man, were we just shot at? And I was like, yes. I was like, yes, we were. And he was like, holy shit. And so we start talking. Inside of his bag was his own pistol. Okay, so he was grabbing his gun out of his bag when he saw me because he thought I was the shooter who was going to pull it out at me. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I shook my head because I'm like, what are you doing with your gun in your backpack? Yeah, right. right? Like, you're what? So uh, anyway, so me and him, we, we exchanged like information. We got the other security guards that were on shift over to us. I filed a report with those guys, told them I didn't have any additional information to give the police, and then I had to finish my run. I said, hey, I've been here for 20 minutes. I'm, the clock's counting down. I have this event I got to go to. I have to finish my run. And I was like, here's my cell phone number. Here's my report. This security guard is staying here. I'm taking off. And so I went and finished my run. And when I did that, the police showed up like 20 minutes later to the, the scene of the crime. They called me. They wanted me to come back. I told them I couldn't. I said, hey, you guys either meet me at 6.30 um, outside of my hotel or you can meet me tonight for additional information, but I have to finish my run. By the way, I'm the victim here, so it's really my choice behind the matter of what I, what I tell you guys and what I don't. One of the guys gets super frustrated, the police officer. He hangs up on me, and I'm actually talking to him while I'm running. I'm doing my jog and talking yeah. to this cop at the same time. Good thing you've been doing Instagram for so long that you know how to run and talk at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So he gets super mad because I tell him I'm going toe toe. He's like, I need you to come back to the scene of crime. I was like, I'm not coming back there. I was like, you guys have my report. You have my cell phone. I'm like the other security guards there. Meet me at 630 at my hotel or this evening. Um, I can carve out 20 minutes to talk to you, but I got to focus on this run. And I got to focus on this event. Anyways, he didn't like that. He never followed up with me later in that, that evening. Um, the, uh, I ended up going to the event and I posted a video about being shot at and it got like 10,000 views within like eight hours. Um, because, and then everybody started, then people ran into me at the event and came up to me like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, like when we had these breaks and stuff, right. They're like, Hey dude, were you the guy that just got shot at this morning? And I was like, yeah, that was me. And they're like, Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so I was meeting people. It was a great because it, 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 it was a great for like a networking thing, right? Yeah. Like people were like getting to know me and I was like, well, this is interesting. So video kind of goes quote unquote viral. And then, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I put in the work at the event and left and went home. And so that's how I handled it. That's what the story is. And you can ask whatever you want to ask about it, but those, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what, what happened, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's still like cliff notes of it too, though. Because I'm thinking like to like, what do you, what do you tell, was your wife with you on this trip or was she back at home or like, like, what do you tell her? What do you start telling these people that are actually in your like immediate circle? Do you just like call them up? You're like, okay, so I just got shot at. And then what are their reactions? Well, yeah, I was, I was worked up, but I was mostly angry. Okay. Cause I was angry because I didn't have a way to defend myself. I didn't have a gun on me. Right. That would have made me feel a little more in control, protected. Um, I was also angry because I realized that that individual is going to go his whole life making stupid decisions like that until it catches up to him. Mm. And it really made me think like, man, like that is the problem here. That's the problem in our, in the country and in the world is that people like that exist. 
And people were asking, why do you think he shot at you? Man, I don't know. But my guess is like maybe some type of gang initiation, Initiation, right? Yeah. Yeah, Like that's the only thing that makes sense in my mind. But, you know, people expect me to know why I was shot at at four in the morning. I'm like, I have no fucking idea. So anyways, yeah, I'm a little bit afterwards. I was a little upset, a little pissed off. And I said, okay, I should probably tell my wife what's going on. Um, And I texted her. I said, hey, got shot at this morning. I'm okay. (laughs) Don't freak out. Everything's okay. Um, Talk about a good morning text. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, her anxiety went through the roof. She called me. She's, you know, she she got more anxious and worked up than I did. Well, that's what I'm uh, trying to get into. Because when you're talking about leadership, when something like this, well, not like this, but when something happens in a company, in an organization of any variety, Sometimes you can see the leaders have their shit under the control, but then how do you pass that down into the rest of everybody you're working with? Because sometimes they're going to get more worked up than who it actually affects the most. The, the most effective way is by example. Okay. You know, attitudes and energy is contagious. Okay. That's why like when, if you ever put like a negative person around somebody, what they do is they, they speak their negativity until everybody like buys into that bullshit. And then there's, they're being negative too. Um, I have a little mantra that I live by, you know, attitudes are contagious. So is yours worth catching? You know? Um, (laughs) so, you know, it, it, it comes down to leading by example. And with my wife, I just had to reassure her. And I think, um, when she can sense that I'm fine, she naturally starts to feel a little bit better too. Right. But if I'm panicked or if I'm, if I'm panicking, if I'm freaking out, what happens? She's doing the same thing. You know, we can't both be panicking at the same time. That's not good. (laughs) That's that's what they teach you in like lifeguarding, you know, and not when someone's drowning. It's like, well, don't you go in there and drown too? That's kind of what you're getting at here. Yeah. So it's just, but I'm still thinking about people just, I, I feel like the natural reaction more often than not is to panic. So I'm still unclear on how, because even if I, even if you just stay calm in that sort of situation, right? You tell people you got shot at, they're not going to be that calm. They're not the ones that got shot at. So is there anything on a more practical level that you can do to kind of just get it through their head? Be like, be like, Hey, we're good. As far as I know. Yeah. Well, most of the time it it has to do with like, if you want your team to calm down, cause they're kind of freaking out about something that's happened in your company or something that happened to you or whatever, or even a family member like my wife, you know, your, your role as the leader is to shift their focus. Okay. And you know, what I'm mean is like when people were coming up to me at the event and asking me if I'm okay, it's almost, it was almost like deflecting. You know, I told him like, yeah, I'm good. Here's what happened. By the way, we, Hey guys, we have like stuff to do here. We got to pay attention and get this work done with my wife. Like I told her like, Hey, yeah, that thing happened, but here's my focus. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to focus on the event. Um, I'm okay. I'm going to fill out a report later and really just help her see my line of thinking. And you can do that with your team. You do that with people, right? To shift their focus to what they should be focused on versus what they shouldn't. Yeah. Focus is a big part of everything. How do you, when it comes to focus in and of itself, it can be very hard for people though to just kind of distract themselves from what's going on or distract themselves from all the negativity in their life. Does that have to do with what they're focusing on or is that because, do you need to train your focus the same way you need to train a lot of things? Like we talk about exercising your mental toughness, 
exercising physically, so on and so forth. Does the same go for focus? Yeah, absolutely. What, what you focus on expands. So what can people start doing today in order to improve their focus and better ready themselves for if something like this does come up besides suffering Saturday? <laughs> um, so when you're, when you're stressed out as a leader, you know, one of the things that can help you reduce your stress is changing your focus towards something that's not going to stress you out. Okay. And you can do that by asking powerful questions. Okay. Um, I told a story a while back about this where I was running down the road and this is an example of how your focus expands. Okay. How, what you focus on expands you. Like, have you ever like daydreamed, right? A little bit. That no. daydream turned into this big, huge, yeah. like it was an idea. And then it, then it was like, you were living it. It's just like you with the castles and the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the I'm, running down, I'm running down the street. I think of what would life be like if I lived, if I had a castle, um, what if, what if I had a whole city of castles? Could I build a whole, a whole city of castles and live in it? Right. And then it's just like this big dream that I'm picturing. Well, all that started with one single thought. Okay. Yeah. So when with stress management, now, you got to really ask yourself, what do you want to focus on? Yeah. To me though, having those types of daydreams and stuff, that sounds like a lack of focus is what you're actually going into. And you're not being focused on the task at hand or what's right in front of you or right in front of you because you're thinking about, you know, building out your entire state with castles. It, in that example, it, look, it seems like a little bit of a distraction, but what you can do as a tactic to channel your focus is to ask yourself, what should you be thinking on? What do I, what do I want to think about right now? So to, one of the ways to shift focus is to ask powerful questions. Okay. So for example, if I just got shot at and I'm starting to get a little bit stressed out, I ask myself the question, what, okay, I'm stressed. What should I be, what should, what should I be thinking about right now? Well, I should be thinking about my run. Why should I be thinking? And you ask another question. Why is my run important? Well, my run's important because I'm trying to accomplish X amount of miles this week. Why is that important? Because I'm trying to turn into this athlete long-term. So next thing you know, I'm not thinking about the event. I've been asking question after question to shape the importance of the run. And now my stress level has come down. And now I'm thinking about the big picture of this run versus the big picture of the, the, the shooting event, right? So you're just asking yourself why a lot too. Like, I need yeah. to do this. Why? Because this. Why? Because this. And then so on down the line. So that goes back into having an actual like purpose, having an actual why to actually live for, live towards, work towards, however you want to put it. Yeah. Well, I think why is part of it. Um, but even from like a, like, so from a stress management per perspective, you know, we're teaching somebody how to bring their stress level down by changing what they focus on, by asking questions, you know, I'll give you a really practical way to do this on a daily basis. My run today started off shitty. Okay. So this isn't, this wasn't a stressful situation, but it was a situation that I wanted to change my focus. I didn't want to feel, you know, like I don't want to feel like I didn't want to have a bad run. Yeah. Okay. Just like a lot of people don't want to deal with stress. So what I did was, I said, hey, let me just get started and then let me focus on the things that I'm grateful for. Let me flush how I feel with gratitude. Okay, Grat gratitude's like the thing that wipes out all emotion. Okay, if you ever want to go back to neutral, start with gratitude. Okay, so I did this on my run this morning. I'm like, hey, my body's nagging. I got a negative mindset. Don't want to do this. 
just did 20 miles yesterday. I said, you know what, dude, like, I don't want to run like that. I want to run, feel good. So I said, what, what am I grateful for? And I looked up and I saw the Colorado Rockies. I saw Pikes Peak. I was like, man, that mountain, I'm grateful that I can run next to that mountain. And then what happened? My focus expanded. And I started thinking about more things that I'm grateful for. I said, what else am I grateful for? And then the next thing you know, I'm setting PRs on that run. I'm like, I'm flying and it's supposed to be a recovery run. I'm in the sixes for a nine mile recovery run. And I'm like, okay, dude, I got to pull it back a little bit. That's what happened. And I'm like, that's, that's really good for, for me as an individual, because you know, the day before was that 20 miler. Um, so when you're trying to, when you're trying to bring your stress down, it's really a matter of what, what is your focus? Okay. Like, what are you currently focused on? And, uh, yeah, there's a technique right there to do it. So it's practice gratitude, focus on one thing, build it into two in the military. They call it hunt the good stuff. Yeah. Do that. It sounds like, so it sounds like there's a mixture there. First of all, getting into the flow state is a big thing that can probably help bring your stress levels down if you can figure out how to do it. Another thing that you're bringing that you're kind of getting at without actually saying it is that you have to actually want to bring your stress levels down. I think that's where the problem lays for a lot of people is that it's 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 really easy to get yourself to ask yourself those questions like like Jeremiah or Justin whoever it is just be like think about what you're grateful for right now but people don't ask themselves that question because they don't actually want to solve the problem that they're having. Yeah. Super true. Agree. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's just something that's interesting to me. So what about more on maybe any advice on just what to do on a day-to-day basis? You kind of just gave that, but to just kind of bring your overall stress levels down because we're talking about when you have a bad day or when you have like a spike in your adrenaline, how to kind of bring it back down to normal. But how about practicing stuff just to bring everything down a little bit more so that way you don't get put on edge as easily all the time? Yeah, you're kind of like like leading into burnout, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like people that deal with burnout or, um, you know, a lot of there's there's leaders, the high driving leaders that are listening to this. There's business owners that are listening to this. And one of the challenges with them is they're always in go mode. They get overwhelmed, maybe stressed or they reach burnt burnout and they want to figure out how to reset. Yeah. Like, how do I come back to neutral so that I can I can be I can turn my bad run right into a good one. How can I do that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, or not, or even just not have as many bad runs come up in the first place that you have to turn into good ones. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Okay. So if you, if you, you know, um, you like how to prevent the bad run quote unquote from happening, right. Or how to prevent burnout essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first, first thing is that I, I have days like that where I get burnt out and I get irritated and, um, I want to rip everyone's head off, you know, and it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they're the people that are closest to me, <laughs> my team <laughs> members or somebody I don't know. I have those days. We all do. Right. If you've ever been hangry, then you know about those type of days. <laughs> right? And then someone gives you a Snickers and they're like, you're not you when you're hungry. Yeah. And then you're and fine. You know, if you don't eat Snickers, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. We are not sponsored by Snickers. But we yeah. should be. <laughs> but uh, it's really important from a leadership standpoint to pay attention to those days right when they're when they're coming in when stress is coming in and when bad days are about to present themselves so you can get in front of them um and you as an individual just look for indicators okay you got to get ahead of it you got to be very you got to create such 
a high level of self-awareness that you can sense these things coming. And for me, what it looks like, because I've thought a lot about this, is I get irritable. I make comments that aren't in, within my character. I think negatively. Um, I, uh, I get snippy. Um, I get cynical. Okay. When those little things, when those little like emotions, those little thoughts start populating, I'm saying, I tell myself, okay, something's off. You, you might be getting burnt out. You might be getting stressed. So I'm not, I don't feel stressed yet, but it's starting to happen. Okay. Um, and what I do is I create these little like things in my life that bring in happiness. Okay. So I work with clients one-on-one. I can't go into a coaching call on a bad run, right? On a bad day. I can't do that. Not as as a leader. I couldn't do that as a company commander. So I would implement, I implement things that put me in a happy state. My dogs is something very, very easy that I can go and access all the time to transition me from irritated, burnt out to happy. I go play with my dog for 10 minutes and I feel good. I feel, hey man, like this guy is the happiest dude in the world. His energy contagious. <laughs> I'm excited to hang out with him. And I'll just go lay out there. You know, when I'm I can feel myself getting stressed or burnt out, I'll go lay with him for a couple of minutes and then I'll go into a coaching call. Okay. So you wanna you wanna implement stuff like that. And as like for the listeners, just write down, you know, three to five things that are really easy for you to access that bring you happiness in short notice. Some people, it's texting family members. Some people, it's texting friends, calling friends. Those little things shift your mood completely. And I don't mean call them and bitch about your problems because that's, <laughs> that's expanding your focus in a negative direction. I mean, yeah. call them and just shoot the shit with them for 10 minutes. Yeah, well, I'm also thinking too, I wonder if that's not kind of dangerous of a slippery slope because we're going to get that one, that one dude that listens to this and are like, oh, you know what makes me really happy? What really puts me into that state? video games and then they go and they play video games for the rest of the week and then they don't actually get anything done so you know it how do you how do you find the things that make you happy but that that just kind of raise you back up to the state that you want to be in without just completely kind of rotting your brain for lack of a better word into just kind of being numbly happy all the time Nope. Yeah, it, it, it's systems based. So you just need to systemize it. Okay. And what I mean is have clear standards about what you're trying to get done and, and accomplish and get very, very clear about what it looks like when you need to call on it. So for me, it's 10 minutes. I'm not going to spend 30 minutes. I just set a timer or I pay attention to the clock. I go hang out with my dog and it's for 10 minutes and then I move on. I'm not there to, you know, change my mood, be happy until I come out of it. I'm here. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to do it for 10 minutes. I'm going to get happy and I'm going to, I'm going to be done with it. I'm going to move on. You know, I'm not going to stay in that state of like, Oh, I just need to be happy for the rest of the day. I need to be happy for two more days. I need to be happy for the next six (laughs) months. No, I'm going to put boundaries on myself and make it a system. Another tool that I can use in my tool, you know, for my tool bag that I can implement on a daily basis. Um, it's important to have these kind of things, right? Cause you want to, you want to always the, be at your best. That is the goal. I want, if I can be at my best a hundred percent of the time, that's what I want to do. But there are things that kind of get in the way of that, right? Stress is one of them. Guys with PTSD know exactly what I'm talking about. They guys that live with PTSD, you know, have tons and tons of tools like this to help them cope and get throughout life. And so that doesn't, you don't have to just create, like, you don't have to have be somebody that just has PTSD to have tools like these coping tools. Like we should all have them. Everyone should have them, right? Yeah. 
I like that. When when do you okay, wait, hang on. I'm saying things out of order here. Do you what does your day off situation look like? Like just what is your philosophy on that? Because I'm curious. Do you believe in I don't want to say do you believe in taking days off? Most people do, but you do have these people out there on the internet that are just like work 16 hours a day every single day. And if you do what you love, you'll never feel a need like or are you the type of person that's like, I work six days a week and I take Sundays off? Or how do you how do you approach that? Um, I think a good message for people, when you, when you hear somebody messaging to work hard, they are talking to the person that is lazy. Okay, they're talking to that person who is sitting on their bed, sleeping in for 12, 14 hours out of the day, not working out. They're talking to that person. Okay, they're talking to the individual who has is working kind of hard, but not he, he hasn't he's not reaching his potential. Okay, he's that person's not talking to the individual who is in overtime, grinding and working like 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 truly hustling, like waking up mm -hmm. at two o'clock in the morning, putting in an eighteen-hour day, going to sleep, getting six four to six hours of sleep, getting up and doing it all over again, nonstop. He's not talking to that individual. Okay, so people need to understand when that message comes through, who is that is that message designed for? Okay, and that means that you should know whether or not you're that individual, what type of message do you need to hear? Do you need to hear, I need to work harder, or do you need to hear, I need to, I need to pump the brakes, okay? So for me as an individual, I'm high drive. If somebody tells me to work harder, I drink the Kool-Aid and I work harder. That's my personality. <laughs> I'm like, let's go, I'm unstoppable, All right. which means that I don't shut off and then I, I get burnt out and I crash, right? Well, yeah, I was gonna get into asking you that too, because I feel like I've started to notice that is that when you are the type of person to really go like pedal to the metal and work as hard as you can no matter how hard you're working you still feel like like do more like let's do more stuff and i, I feel like you're kind of a you're a good example of that because you're like running umpteen number of miles every day and you're putting all this time and energy and sweat equity into your business and you're just like you're doing the whole nine yards and then some and then you'll still pile more on and i know a lot of people that are high driver just like that yeah the, so what I do is um, a, a couple of things. Um, I, I realize I found this through experimenting. I realize I don't like full days off. It does not work for me because when I feel guilty, I feel lazy. I feel a lot of things if I take a full day off and I actually get irritable. So what I do is I work all the time, but when I have days where the, the bar is a lot lower, Okay, so I have my key tasks that I got to get done in a day, things that move the needle in all the areas of my life. For a normal, like I'm in go mode day, those things might take several hours. Okay, but on my quote unquote off day, they might only take a few minutes. And what I've found for me is that that makes me feel internally more at peace. It makes me feel like I'm still getting stuff done. And I don't feel um, guilty for not doing anything. So it's a good system for me. So what I do as an individual is, like I said, um, generally I'm going to work six days a week, pretty hard. Seventh day, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it down just a little bit. Um, today's Sunday, we're doing a podcast, right? This, mm -hmm. is, this is two hours of work. A lot of people won't do that, but it makes me feel good. I like this. There's no distractions. Yeah. Um, so from a task standpoint, I, I bring the bar down and I still execute stuff on my days off. Now, um, from a fitness standpoint, 
what I do is when I start getting really, really like injured, not agitated, but injured, I, I transition and make something else my focus. I make yoga, I make stretching, um, I make myself a little more intentional about my sleep. So that's how I manage it. I just, I just find like, what the, what, what's the feedback that my body's telling me? Am I getting injured? Am I irritable? And I make small adjustments so that I don't, so that I don't, you know, get injured and I don't stay irritable. Make sense? Yeah. Do you think people over, overthink that part of listening to just their body's feedback, like you just said, and they, I, I feel like there are so many books and videos and whatnot out there that are like, here's how you deal with stress. Here's how you do this. Here's how you manage your time. Here's how you do that. That people start to kind of think of it too much as a systematic thing instead of just listening, just taking what they're already getting, what kind of responses they're getting from themselves and being like, oh, this yeah. doesn't work for me when I do this. Do you think that's a problem? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, well, we weren't we aren't really taught to think for ourselves, right? We're taught what to think when we're kids. And so yeah. that's kind of a challenge. Like you, you kind of grow up and you're like, you're waiting for somebody else to tell you what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. So yeah, you should be thinking for yourself. Um, I would say that mo most people though are operating way below their potential and they should not listen to their body. Okay. okay. Now, if you're part of the 1% where you're in go mode, like you're world-class athlete. Okay. You probably need to slow down and listen, list quote unquote, listen to your body a little bit more. What I'm, what I'm recommending people to do is, is take the emotion out of it. Right. If, if I always listened to my body, I wouldn't do shit. I would have went for that run today and I would have stopped at mile you know, half mile, I would be like, Oh, my body's telling me don't do this. Right. Okay. So well, haven't we talked about that before too, where like really your body isn't telling you not to do that. Your emotions are in a situation like that. Like you get that far out there is your body really like screaming after that long. Yeah. I mean, we might've, but the, the, if somebody's trying to, you know, figure out what to do in that situation, you need to ask yourself, what, what do I need to do? Not, not what do I want to do? Okay. So for me, when I'm like in go mode, oftentimes the things that I need to do are plus up on a little bit of sleep, sleep an extra hour. And that, that for me kind of makes me feel guilty, right? Like if I sleep more than, if I start sleeping too much, I feel lazy. So, but I have that conversation. If I get irritable, I ask myself like, what do I need to do right now? Well, dude, you've been like, you've worked out twice a day minimum for the last 365 days. You should probably do some yoga today. That's what you need to do. No, 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 no. Like, okay. So, you know, you need to have that conversation with yourself and ask yourself is at an individual level. Cause we're all in different levels of this game, right? Like we're, we're all, we're all trying to get to the next level, but in order to get there, you have to have those honest conversations with yourself and ask yourself, what do I need to do? Not what do I want to do? Do that and then continue to evolve. That's a system for growth. Yeah. And I think it goes back to asking yourself why you're doing it too, because when it comes to getting results and getting that type of feedback, if you don't understand why you're going for that type of result, like, for example, you just mentioned doing two workouts a day for the last 365 days. Not that you actually did it, but you brought that up as an example. You know, that's 700 workouts in a year. Does everybody need to do that? Probably not really, depending on yeah. what they're going for and why they're going for it. Right. Absolutely right. That's all I've got. I don't know if there's anything else you want to hit on. Uh, the last thing that I want to touch on is, you know, we've talked about stress management. We've talked about, you know, controlling your emotions a little bit. We've talked about turning bad days into good days. Um, but I want to remind the leaders listening right now that 
I understand what we're all going through, through the quarantine, through the economy, that this is a stressful situation. So the leader right now is stressed at some level, okay? But it's really popular in, on social media. It's really popular all over the internet to, for leaders to, there's this big message that leaders should be vulnerable. They should say what their weaknesses are. They should be, um, they should tell their team when they're feeling weak. And while I agree with that, okay, regardless of how much pain you're in, your team needs you to be strong. Regardless of how much stress you have right now, your team needs you to be strong. Okay. I did an Instagram post about this recently. You know, I said, Hey, pain on the inside, smile on the out. And as a leader, it's not popular for people to say that message these days. It's not popular for people to sit back and say that, listen, no, you need to suck it up. You need to be a, a strong individual right now from a leader standpoint. So I just want to remind everybody that, you know, I understand that you might be stressed. I understand that things might not be going your way, but you need to show up as a strong leader for your team. Okay. Put the smile on the outside, keep the pain buried deep because they need you to be strong. And at the end of this, you can go ahead and deal with that pain. All right. We don't need everybody running around, you know, saying that we don't need, we don't need everybody running around spreading the stress. Okay. So regardless of what's popular in today, the leaders right now, they need to keep it together. They need to be strong for their team. All right. So manage your stress. Hopefully you found value in today's episode. Um, the practical tools that I gave you as a leader have, have your tool bag, you know, have these tools in your tool bag to help you get into a peak state, a, a performance, a heightened performance state. Right. So the one was Practice gratitude and ask questions to shift your focus. Okay. What your focus what you focus on expands. And then if you're having a bad day or you feel a bad day coming on, have some techniques to generate happiness in your life. Right. List three to five things that are easily accessible for you to to call on to increase your happiness. All right. And I'll close it off with today's quote. Remember, as what I said at the beginning, it doesn't take a hero to order men into battle. It takes a hero to be one of those men who goes into battle. And in today's environment, what I'm asking you to do is to be the hero. Be the one that goes into battle right now and be strong. Be the leader that your team needs. Until next time, be the leader. Some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.